a once in a lifetime. You need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast. All right, guys, I think we're going to get the call started. I think we have a large group here now. I know more people will be jumping on here and there, but we have another closer success call this week. I've been really looking forward to this call for a while. It's hard to nail down Jacob McCord and get him to speak to us. He's so busy, but this week we do have the Jacob McCord. Everyone calls him McCord primarily, and we're super excited to have you. McCord, can you hear me okay? I can, yeah, happy to be here. Awesome, man. So guys, you'll see Jacob McCord down there. He's got the glasses, the good-looking guy. Kind of has a Superman look about him. And it's been awesome to work with him for the last 18 months. Last week, we were supposed to have you on the call, but your wife had some some issues with the baby or something, right? Yeah, nothing too crazy. Just her medication wasn't working super well, so she she ended up just having to go to the ER, but she's totally fine. Um, I appreciate everyone that uh, sent us their best wishes, but yeah, she's, she's totally fine, totally healthy, just needed to get her on a different medication, but everything's good now. Well, good to hear. Last week, I actually had a meeting and I couldn't be on the call, and I was sad I was gonna miss talking to you, but it turns out you didn't even be on there anyway, so we had Brian Bailey fill, with, fill in for you, who's an awesome closer, and so last week the call went good, and then this week we'll have another great call with you, so thanks so much for taking the time. Um, Absolutely. McCord, jumping into it, guys, I want to give you guys a little bit of background about McCord from what I know, from my side. I've actually been able to spend a lot of time with him. Just barely, we went to the Maldives together, just two or, what, I guess about a month ago now. And we spent seven to ten days in the Maldives, went to Dubai. We rented some supercars together. We got some speeding tickets together. We'll tell you guys some funny stories about that. And just trying to use a background. When I first met McCord, I met him probably two and a half years ago, I think for the first time. And I was connected to you through Kaiden, Zach Murdoch, uh, Jake Meyer, a bunch of your mission buddies, right? Yeah. It's a little bit delayed when I talk to you. I don't know if it's delayed on my side or your side, but hopefully maybe you can call in McCord just using the voice, see if that works better. Yeah, I can hear you great. Is that better for you? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, this, is this sound better to you? It was working. Yeah, I can hear you. It was working good for me, but if, yeah, if, if it was slow for you guys, then yeah, we can do this. No, yeah, so we could see you good and we could hear you, but every time I would talk, I could tell it was about like a 10 second delay until I'd hear back from you. Okay, hi. Which, I've got full bars here, so. That might still be the same uh-huh. way. So what I'm gonna do is, 
we'll just, we'll just kind of play it by ear and see how it goes. But guys, so I met Jacob McCord about two and a half years ago while he was, while he was finishing school. He was playing basketball, he was finishing school, and we were trying to get him to come sell with us. And he said, oh, I've got to follow the conventional route. I've got to do school. I've got to just graduate, and then I'll get a job being a coder or whatever he was going to do. And then six months later or so, I get a call from him and says, hey, actually, let's start talking about this. Let's start meeting up. Let's start hearing about this more in detail. I went to lunch with McCord, talked to him about like the future and what's possible in the company and the growth. And at this time, we had probably, I don't know, 30 employees. Is that right, McCord? And essentially, you were making a huge, huge risk, and your family, I mean, I, I think a lot of reps probably know how you feel on this, but your family wasn't super supportive at first. Tell me about that. Like, what was your family saying? What was kind of going through your head when you made the switch from your safe corporate style of life to maybe door-to-door -door life? Um, yeah, I think this is probably something that a lot of people, you know, see and, and, and hear there's, you know, just a lot of, there's a lot of safety, right? With the conventional route, you go to school, you get your degree and you, you, you get a, a stable job nine to five and you, you know, slowly work your way up. Um, but I, I always kind of knew that that, that wasn't going to be for me. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, most of my family members kind of took that route, which is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just knew for me personally, um, I wasn't going to fit into that same mold. I needed something a little bit different. And I think the reason for that is because of the way you were raised and grew up and everything else. So guys, I want McCord, now that he's here, we finally got him to come here. On the Maldives trip, I learned a lot more about him that I didn't know. I didn't know where he was originally from. I didn't know how he grew up. I didn't know his plans. Like, I didn't know a lot about his family or situation. So McCord, I want you to just kind of break it down like everybody always does on the call with where are you from, where'd you grow up, kind of where'd you transition, what'd you do in high school, what college did you go to, are you married, are you not married, what's, what's up with your life in general, give us like a little two minute elevator speech about who you are and where you came from. Okay, yeah, so I was born on the, on the island of Maui and my dad was a school teacher out there. My mom grew up there, they got married, and that was my dad's first teaching job was there. So that's where I was a little baby. Um, when I was about two, they moved to Oahu, and I lived there till I was about 16, uh, 15, 16. Um, and was, uh, my parents just wanted a kind of a change of, of culture and change of scenery for, for myself and my two other brothers. So we moved to Saratoga Springs, Utah, back when it was all dirt out there and tumbleweeds. Um, it was uh, kind of a weird transition. We moved in the middle of winter, so it was freezing cold, but it was good. I made friends with Mana and Tione. Those guys are out here now, and those guys took me in and took care of me. We played basketball together, and that kind of ended up being my thing through high school. And uh, after that, I went on a mission. So I met Kaiden, Zach Murdoch, Jake Meyer. Came back. I uh, had an opportunity to go play basketball at Dixie State. I went and I played there, and, and uh had a good experience, but wasn't playing a whole lot. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to be in the game. And I knew the other players there were just a little bit ahead of me as far as experience. And I wasn't head and shoulders better than them to be able to beat them out of a, uh, a starting position. So 
I went to a went down a level, went to a junior college, had a good year. I uh, went to Idaho State and then decided to get married. And my wife played at Westminster, so I I ended up transferring to Westminster for my for my uh, for my senior year. And then yeah, that was kind of right when I right when I graduated my degrees in computer science and um you know was you know it was a hard hard time I think like guys like Mana can kind of relate it, it's it's hard to transition away from basketball because you've given so much of your life so much passion so many hours get put into it to make it up to that that college level so to, to transition is a complete you know you have to completely reinvent yourself and that foundation of I'm a basketball player I'm a hooper kind of goes away and you're, you end up in a little bit of a limbo once basketball ends so you know I was praying hard for for an opportunity that would you know fit what my goals are and um, it was kind of at that same time when Kaiden reached out to me and and then I knew he was out here but that's kind of when you know I started listening more seriously to what you guys were doing and it, it just really hit home with me that this was where I needed to be and this was the you know this was going to be the next chapter of my life so I I, I dove in. Dude, I love it. It's crazy to think that McCord, you see this guy, he is like the biggest white guy you've ever seen. And he came from Hawaii and ended up in Utah for high school, played basketball, and now he's on the doors with a college degree and everything. Very successful person throughout his life. And so it's not super surprising to me, McCord, that you're so successful here. I think success kind of follows success, it seems like, with most people. And it's, it's not a mystery to me at all that you are closing deals every week, leading the team. It's funny, every time I talk, I, you yeah, normally someone you. would chime in, but it's always a delay. So I'll kind of keep on going with some more questions that are easier to answer. But essentially, McCord, last year you came out in May, correct me if I'm wrong, and you worked May, June, July, August, September, and October, pretty much, right? With some breaks here and there. But you worked May till October, and did you start as a setter, then start closing, or kind of walk me through that first six months of your career here with us? What happened? Like, what was your timeline? Yeah, so I actually came out quite a bit earlier than that. I, I came in quite a bit earlier in the year, um, just because I, I kind of knew that this was this is what I was going to do. So I wanted to, you know, kind of get onboarded. So. I was actually out here in the beginning of the year before the coronavirus happened and Kaiden mm. was training me and I just set for him for about a, for about a month and a half. And, uh, that was, that was really good for me. Um, it, it, it doesn't do anybody any good to rush into closing. You really want to make sure that you're prepared so that, you know, we don't, you know, lose money in these, you know, precious appointments that we work hard to, to get. Um, obviously then the coronavirus hit and we all, you know, left and then I came back um, April. I was back. I was back in Victorville in April, and then I worked until about December. Yeah. Dang, I forgot about that. I I totally spaced it. That last year we had guys out there in January and February, and then Corona hit the first week of March, I think, and we pulled everybody out because the state was kind of shutting down. And McCord, you were in that small handful of January and February guys, and then March and April we took off, and you kind of got there the tail end of March. I forgot about that. And last year, correct me if I'm wrong, you set for that six weeks, you started closing, and you had 75 installs or so last year? I had, I had 71 Se installs. 71 installs, okay. 
So 71 installs and I'm sure a handful of set closes. That's that's why Titan did so good last year because you were setting for him for a few months, I bet. <laughs> but essentially, you really did it the right way, learning how to set and then close. And then this year, you recruited in the offseason. And then this year, you came back in January with a team, right? And you've been running a team since January. Kind of, you kind of took over the Victorville office a little bit last year and this year, kind of both. And the Victorville office has really grown. Now you have seems like around 30 to 40 reps around that area. Is that right? Um, yeah, around there. So it's amazing to me that you can run 30 or 40 reps. You're married. For, for those of you that don't know, McCord's wife is pregnant with a baby girl to come in. And so he's got his hands kind of full. And somehow he's still closing consistently four to six deals a week every week, it seems like. McCord, what have you been doing the last couple of weeks? Like, what's some of your numbers? Um, what have my numbers been? I, I think last week I had four. Um, that's usually where I'm at is between four and five a week. Awesome. And so consistently you do that. I'm curious, how do you manage your time? How do you juggle it all? Are you following some sort of schedule? Or how do you close four or five a week? every week and run this team and manage your marriage and everything else like what what's your schedule look like every day um so uh, the, the the routine is actually a really big part of of what i feel like um where my success comes from i'm a really big believer in the routine i think if you can figure out a good routine that works for you you can really just get yourself into a high gear and you get to this point where the days are just flying by and you're just you know, you're just executing perfectly within the job, all the different things. But the routine is crucial. So for me, my alarm clock set for 6.30 every single morning. I, I start every single day with a little bit of exercise. I lift four times a day or four times a week. And then on the days that I don't lift, I'm just in the church getting shocked up and stretching and doing something like that. But I'm still, you know, getting a little exercise in, getting my, my, my body and my mind, you know, woken up. And then I'll, I'll come back. I eat the exact same thing for breakfast every single day. If Josh Erickson is listening to this, Josh taught me how to do this. You just microwave some, some oats, some whole wheat oats. You put a scoop of peanut butter in it while it's still hot so that it melts. You put a scoop of protein powder over the top, and you put a little bit of milk on it. Super good. It, it keeps you full for the whole day. It's some nice protein. Um, but that's what I eat every single morning for breakfast. And then at 9 o'clock, we're right into the morning meeting. And then... Um, from 10 until the rest of the night, we, I'm just going to appointments or if I have, you know, a, a, an open slot then I'm just going and knocking with somebody and then nine o'clock at night, we're almost all back and we, we review, we look at who hit their goals and, um, then I am in bed at, at 10 o'clock usually. Dang, that is wild. It's crazy how dialed and calculated almost every single one of our high performers seems to have a very rigorous, like straight up, no questions asked schedule they do every single day and they don't really compromise it. And so McCord, how many hours a day would you say you're working? Like when are you usually, you start your first meetings at nine and then you're on the doors probably around 10-ish. And when are you stopping, if you had to calculate your work time every day, what is that you think? Uh, well, with, with how much Titan texts me and calls me, I, I'm probably working 24-7. Dude, <laughs> there's, totally. There's really, uh, 
that's kind of just the nature of this job. Is you, yeah, the guys in Southern California know how that goes. But it's, I mean, it's it's just kind of the way this job is. You always got to stay in work mode. You always got to be ready to pick up your phone. You always have to be ready to, you know, talk to a homeowner. You know, get something figured out. So it just kind of forces you to stay in work mode all the time which is, it's, it's definitely a grind, but that's why, you know, if you go back to that morning routine, if you, if you do things right and you're nourishing your body and your mind, you'll be able to handle, you know, staying in gear all day long, all week long. Dude, that is great advice. I think that this job is too strenuous and too tough to let your sleep and your exercise and your eating, eating habits go, right? You will definitely feel a drain. You will not have the energy you need to fulfill your kind of obligation to your customers, to your sales reps, to your recruits, everyone else, to your setters, right? You need that energy. And so if you guys don't have a morning routine, I'm sure McCord would agree, I would figure something out. I would talk to people that are around you that are successful and I would do the exact same thing every day. It's probably easier for McCord because he grew up kind of working out in the mornings and playing ball and stuff like that. And so he, he keeps on doing that. So if you grew up reading or studying or doing stuff like that in the mornings, I would continue to do those exact same things you've done your whole life, but now work a little bit harder. Would you agree with that, McCord? Or how how can you figure out what morning routine works for you? Sorry, can you say that again? How can I figure out what 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 works for me? Like if you're a brand new rep, a brand new closer, how do you figure out a good morning routine? Like what do you tell your reps to do? Like guys that hate basketball or hate working out or whatever, like what do you tell those guys to do when they first come out? Um, I mean, that's just going to be different for everybody. I mean, I think you, you kind of know, you got to be in tune with yourself. You got to, you got to pay attention to the days that you, you feel good and you're in a good headspace and pay attention to the days that you're not, when you don't feel good and you don't feel motivated. And then you have to be, you know, meticulously taking notes about, you know, what did I do on these days that I didn't feel good? And what, what was I doing on the days where I did feel good and my, I had a clear head and I was, you know, in a high gear and then, you know, you need to, everyone needs to build their own daily routine based around that, right? Based on what works for them. Cause yeah, absolutely. I mean, shooting hoops in the morning is not going to, that's not going to be for everybody. Right. Or, you know, the, the literature that you read and the vocabulary that you put into your brain every morning is going to, it's going to be different for, for everybody. Um, but it's going to be up to you and you just, you just got to focus on, you know, focus on those differences between the good days and the not so good days so that you can figure out, you know, what I got to do to make every day a good day where I'm in a high gear and I'm, I'm motivated and I'm just getting work done. Yeah, I agree with you. So you're saying essentially you got to really self diagnose and take notes on yourself to figure out what helps you the most. So if you try a morning routine for your first week, it doesn't, you're not feeling your best, switch it up, do something different and try and calculate when you felt your best and then keep on doing that over and over again, I think is what McCord is saying essentially. I'm just taking notes, McCord, as you talk so I can try and incorporate some of these things into my life as well. McCord, a lot of people have been impressed with your, with your ability to obviously maintain high numbers and lead a team, but now you've kind of used a lot of your capital to move on to different things, to move on to maybe investments or your plans for the future. 
and I think that's going to intrigue a lot of closers on this call. It's not really closing tips, but essentially it is you're, you're almost a poster child of what we want reps to do. So, McCord, tell us your future plans and goals. Like, what do you do with your money right now? And what do you, what do you hope to have in five to 10 years? Yeah, so that, that was one thing. So I do have a friend who, he works, in, he works in Palo Alto, and he works in that technology sector that I really wanted to work in. And when I was explaining this opportunity to him, he said, yeah, it's, it, that's cool that you can go and make all that money really quickly, but if you don't have a plan for the money, it, it does you no good because you're, you're going to make less than I do. You're going to make more than what I do right now, but the, the trajectory of what I'm doing out here with my career is much higher than just being a door-to-door salesman, and that's and that's true. So I still think that you know this this is a very good opportunity, and I I'm obviously here, but it's very very important that you guys have a plan for the for the money you make. Otherwise, you're just out here, you know, making good money, but it's not gonna it's not gonna make the same kind of difference in your life later on as if you have a very specific detailed plan for what you're going to do with all the money that you make. A lot of us are making a lot more money than we, we thought we ever would at this age. So all the more reason to have a very specific plan and very specific goals with, with what you're going to do with your money. So for me, um, I, I, uh, my, my dad did, did well in real estate. So I, I've kind of been exposed to that from a young age and that's what I decided. But even before I came out here, I, I, I said, I'm going to work as hard as I can and I'm going to take every single penny that I can and I'm going to, I'm going to use all of it to build my real estate portfolio. So actually just today, I just closed on my, on my fifth property back in Utah and I've been able to buy all, uh, I guess four, four out of the five properties in my portfolio have all been purchased with the money that I've made just since I've been out here working. Um, that's the goal. Uh, I, I really enjoy real estate. I love the idea of just being able to make money in my sleep. Um, today was the first of the month. So, you know, we got all the rent coming in and you know, that's, that's kind of my vision for the future is I'm just going to continue to live as far beneath my means as I can and continue to invest all that money. Um, primarily into real estate. I, I have some other things as well. I have a little bit of money in the stock market, a little bit in Bitcoin and a few other things here and there, but primarily, Real estate is where I feel I feel comfortable investing the vast majority of. If any of you guys have heard of like the big the bigger pockets real estate podcast, I've listened to almost every single episode that they've ever done. Um, those guys, you know, manage thousands of, of rental properties, and to me, that seems like seems like the you know seems like a kind of a an attainable goal for me. Maybe not a thousand, right? But you know, if I if I uh, if I could get to like I think around if you're if you've got between forty to fifty, if you're getting above a ten percent return on them, usually you know you're you're cash flowing about ten to fifteen, maybe twenty grand if you found some really good deals. But having ten to fifteen grand just in passive income a month without having to work is just kind of my goal. That's where I want to be in in two three years from now. You know, when when we're done with this with this ride. Dude. Jake, can I chime in with a question? Or are we not at questions yet? No, Hutch, please ask a question. That'd be great. I'm, uh, I'm super impressed. I think real estate's the trajectory I want to take as well. 
Um, couple questions. Have you reached outside of Utah or most of your, I mean, you say your properties are in Utah. Have you looked into other markets? Um, and two, do you manage the properties yourself when, while you're out here, you know, slinging solar deals or do you um, have a company or a property management team that works it with you? How have you found that to work? Yeah, so to answer your first question, all my, all my properties right now are in Utah. Um, that being said, though, you know, if you want to develop a big real estate portfolio, you need to get comfortable with the idea of investing out of state because Utah is a, it's a brutal, it's a brutal place to try to find deals. Um, I, I found deals going out and knocking doors and, you know, looking through, you know, our or sorry, hours of, you know, scouring the MLS and different listing sites, but it's very, very hard. Um, very, very hard in Utah to find good properties that cash flow the way you want them to. So you have to, you have to get comfortable with the idea that, Hey, you're probably going to want to pick up a few properties out of state where the markets or in markets where the numbers make more sense. I haven't done it yet. Um, just because I don't quite, I don't quite feel confident enough in my own abilities to, to manage the properties and to, you know, handle different situations that don't happen as much in Utah. So I haven't done it yet. But I, I definitely will be in the future. I will be expanding outside of Utah. And then, as far as the property management goes, I know that I know that there are a lot of really good property managers out there. Um, but one of my favorite things about real estate investing is that the control is all in your hands, right? If I if I put a bunch of money in Apple stock, and you know Tim Cook does something stupid and the, the stock goes down, I, don't, I didn't have any control over that, right? And I don't I don't like that with real estate. It, it puts you in control over it. I get. I like being able to pick my tenants. I like being able to to, to process them and manage the way them manage them the way that I that I want to. Um, and my my wife is just a phenomenal phenomenal source of help and support for me when it comes to all that. Um, so I, I I couldn't really, to be honest with you, I couldn't do it on my own because I am very, very busy here with um, you know selling selling deals um, and managing the team. So. My wife does a phenomenal job managing it for me. Of course, I, I do have, you know, I do things with my real estate portfolio every now and then, but honestly, my wife handles a large, a large portion of it for me. And that's super important, right? If you guys are married, get on the same page with, with your spouse, right? You guys have to be on the same page. You have to have the same goals. Um, you have to have the same vision for the future. And it's, I mean, it's incredible what you guys will be able to accomplish when you put your minds together and you're on the same page. If, if you're not together on things, it's it's going to be really really hard to, to to build out your real estate portfolio. Thanks a ton, man. I appreciate it. That's super helpful. I hope uh, you'll, I bet you'll hear from me in the future. Some more questions, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to help. Hutch, can I ask you a question real fast? Of course, Jake. How quick when I talk? How quick can you respond? Is, it, is there a lag or no? There's no lag on my end. I, I, I see and hear it clearly. Okay, interesting. So, McCord, it must be me to you, dude, for some reason. Okay. Yeah, it must be me. Sorry about that, guys. No, you're good. You're totally good. So, I think that's super interesting. And, guys, as always, feel free to chime in and ask any questions of McCord. But, McCord, you really have taken what we preach and you've done it. And I think that's because, really, we preach it, but you preach it just as much, right? You already had this plan. You just didn't know how to make the money. And so now that you're here actually making the money, you can like actually make your plan happen. 
my question for you, McCord, has it ever been tempting to just say, you know what, I've made enough money, I have enough properties, now I'll just go back and manage those and get a get a daytime nine to five job? Have you ever had that thought or not really? <laughs> yeah, it's funny you ask. I, I have, you know, friends who work AE jobs in Utah and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them every now and then. You know, they make a they have like an, an on target earnings of about eighty to a hundred to grand uh, eighty to a hundred grand because they're you know about a year or two in. And I mean, it definitely does sound nice to have like the work-life balance that they do where they show up to the office at 10, they have their morning meeting, they go out to lunch for an hour and a half, they come back, make a few phone calls, and then are back at home at four o'clock. That definitely sounds nice, but for me right now, I, I just know that I can be better than that. I can do more than that, and I can, I can push myself a little bit harder than that. Um, and I definitely want to be able to fall back on that, but... What really sold me is, you know, the idea of, you know, having equity in something. You know, those guys, the equity that they hold in their companies means nothing. And, you know, we're lucky to have gotten here with a, you know, a very proven entrepreneur in uh, Brandon Andre and just a chance to kind of work somewhere from the ground up and really, you know, have that goal of being able to be a part of, a, of an exit one day is, you know, that, that was... That was what sold me on this opportunity, um, and obviously it requires us to work a little bit harder, right? That's the sacrifice. You know, it's a higher risk, higher higher reward type of situation. But right now, from young, being young and not, I don't have a bunch of you know kids that I have to be home in the evening time to take care of. You know, this is probably going to be the time, you know, for me to take that opportunity with the startup and you know work more hours than I should because. You know, I don't have, I don't have, you know, kids that need me to be home in the evening right now. And that eventually will come. But, you know, I believe if we work, if we work right hard right now and take care, take advantage of this opportunity, you know, we'll have all the freedom that, that we want later on in life to spend time with family and to give back and do other things like that. Dude, I love that. I think that's true. I think it's, it's easy to look at home and to find the kids in Utah or whatever that are working that nine to five or 10 to four, even sometimes, right? and they don't have to answer the phone at night, in the morning, stuff like that, and it, it seems so tempting, but there'll be many, many years where you can do that job if that's what you wanna do. It's very, very rare to find this type of situation now in your 20s. Brandon and I were talking yesterday in McCord, I, I would assume you'd agree, and we were saying, man, it's crazy that the opportunity here is to get so much equity that's really, really worth something as we keep on meeting with private equity groups and firms and getting offers. I've talked to a lot of you guys about these things, but it's amazing to us that our reps are getting paid dramatic, dramatically more than most of their peers to work here. On top of that, they're getting real, real equity. Usually, in any startup, they either give you equity and a horrible paycheck or a great paycheck and no equity, right? It's really rare to get both. And McCord, you've literally caught that vision 100%, and that's why you're going all in. I, I sound like that's kind of your why and what's pushing you a little bit, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really rare. So guys, that's cool. I, I love to hear it. I love to hear what makes you stay. It's, it's one thing to come and to stay for a while, but McCord's on the second year of this grind. And I expect, I've talked to you and I know you expect to do this for another two or three more years and keep on working this hard. And so I'm sure your why is financial freedom. But I'm curious, going back to solar a little bit and how you actually make this money to invest. When you're going into a home right now, What's your pitch kind of looking like? Are you spending, how much time are you in a home? 
when you're in there, how much time you take before you get into the deck talking to them? How much time are you in the deck? Do you use the deck? What's your close process at the very end? Like, What type of questions are you asking? I'm more or less curious about your start to finish closing process. Yeah, so I, I think Chandler touched on this really well. I mean, the the uh, the, the game plan has, I mean, the, the playbook has been written for us. And really all we need to do is just stay out of the way of the product itself because it, it really does sell itself. And when I go in with a homeowner, I mean, I give the same presentation that everybody else does. Um, I go through it pretty quickly. I'm usually done giving the presentation after about 15, 20 minutes. So I go through it very quickly. Um, and then de depending on how many questions they have or if there's a co-signer or how long it takes me to get the loan pushed through, you know, it'll usually, t I mean, sometimes like I, I might, I'm, I'm in and out of the house with a signed, with a signed closed deal in 30 minutes. Sometimes it takes me an hour, an hour and a half. It all just depends, but you have to be ready to be comfortable in both situations. If the deal goes longer, you have to be able to just be comfortable and defuse the tension in the room and just say, Hey, I'm sorry, this is going to take a little bit longer than I thought. Let me just, you know, get my, get my, my, my things together here just so that I've got it all buttoned up for you. and I don't have to bother you again in the future. So it's all just about, you know, having that report being comfortable with the homeowner so that you can sit there for an hour and a half, two hours. I've had closes that take four hours, right? And you, it, it's painful, but you got to just sit there and, and get through it. Um, I, I get the same pitch as everybody else. Um, and then I'm, I make an assemptive close. So my very last slide deck is just the chart that shows them how many panels they could get. So the last thing I say is just kind of like, well, you know, you're the king of the castle here. Everything's customizable. It's all according to how you want it. If you want to use more electricity in the future, I can add a few panels on for you. It's going to raise your monthly bill a few bucks for each panel you add. If you like it where it's at, we can leave it. You've got plenty of offset. Um, what do you think? Do you like it where it's at or do you want to add more panels? That's kind of the question that I'll use to lead into the close. And then they'll either hit me with, you know, well, I kind of like it how it is. Okay, perfect. I'll go ahead and save that. Let me just get your first and last name, and I'm going to send this all over to you in, uh, you know, in paper format, and then we're going to get the ball rolling from there. And that's kind of how I that's kind of how I do that. Um, I think you had one other question about the close. What's but, uh, what's your beginning look like? I I want to go back to what you just said and dwell on that for a second. But beginning right when you walk in the home, how does that process look? So when I walk into the home, I mean it's just it's just standard small talk. You, you have to really read read the homeowner. Um, some people, you know, are very just straightforward and they just want to get right to it with you. So if that's what they need, then you know you need to adjust your style to accommodate that. If they, you know, are real friendly with you, like I I sat there and let the old you know geezer couple talk my ear off for a full hour, and they ended up buying just because they liked me. You know, so you gotta. You got to just pay attention to those things and just try to mirror people's personalities to, to give them the, the kind of representation that they need in order to make the right decision when it comes to getting solar. So you're not, you don't do the same thing every time. Sometimes you'll talk for five minutes and sometimes you'll let it roll for an hour if that's what you have to do. You just try and read the room yeah. and figure out what makes the most amount of sense for you. Is that what I'm hearing? That's, that's correct. It's all just about reading the homeowner and, um, Trying to, trying to, you know, adapt your, your, your clothes into a style that's going to fit for them and who they are. Totally. And I'm sure that homeowner's like, hey, chop, chop, let's get through this thing. 
you're probably like having that same tempo throughout the whole deck. Is that right? Absolutely. I, I've had guys, I've walked up to people's houses before and they're like, you know, give it to me, man. What is it? Let's, let's, let's get it. And I'll, I, I've told people right there on the doorstep, it's best program on there is solar. going to save you 30 bucks a month. And they said, they said, great, do it. Sign me up. Wow. So I've had posts like that where, you know, I, I literally walked up and didn't even sit down and signed all the documents and was out of there mm-hmm. in 15 minutes. So it's, you just got to be able to read out and you just got to, you just got to be able to change and adapt into what that homeowner needs, right? Whatever their style is, you got to be able to match it. Dang, that is interesting. I love it. I think that that is so, so true. And I think that the biggest issue that some reps have is they try and do the same thing for every single person. Kind of like a one size fits all type of call. And that's definitely not the way you roll. Yeah. Um, yeah, I try to, I try to switch it up um, just based on what I see, what kind of feedback the homeowner gives me. That's awesome. And so I think that a lot of people are going to have questions about your assumptive close. And I, I really like how you do that. So you have a slide at the very end that says, hey, you're the king here. You're the one that, that runs the city. But does this seem right to you? Do you want more or less? And that's the route you take. If they say, yeah, no, that's right. Or I want more, I want less. And then you just straight up say, hey, let's get you the docs over. And let's get this thing rolling. Much. Awesome. Sorry, guys, if you hear any background noise, we have a couple guys in here tinting the windows in our office, and so they're being quiet. They're doing awesome, but if you do hear some background noise, that's what you're hearing. Guys, I want to open it up to questions now from McCord. He's closed so many deals with 71 installs last year. <laughs> this year, do you have any idea how many installs you're at for this year, McCord? Um, I don't know exactly off the top of my head. Um, probably... I don't know. I don't want to throw anything out because I don't know off the top of my head. Do you know how many closes you're at? How many sales? I don't, man. I, I honestly, I've, I've been focused. We have some new guys out here, and um, honestly, I, you know, I've closed, I've closed enough deals of my own. It's honestly not, it's honestly not very interesting for me to go and close one of my own deals. It's way more satisfying to be able to work with other guys. And when I see one of my guys close a deal, is is that's that's a way better feeling for me is just, you know, being able to see that I was able to, you know, help give them the skill set to, to be able to make, you know, some, some real money, some real good money is it's just a lot more interesting for me at this point where I'm at. So that's what I've been focused on. I really haven't been counting my personal, my personal sales or installs. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, bring the people around me, you know, up. Dude, I love it. I think that's the way, I think that's the way it should be. And I think that actually helps you more in the long run. It's, it's good to keep track of things, but sometimes we get complacent. We say the biggest problem in solar is you make too much sometimes, right? And if you're calculating every day, the motivation can be kind of hard. So that's really impressive. McCord, I actually do know how many you've closed roughly this year. It's not perfect because um, obviously sometimes numbers can be confused or whatever else. But according to my calculations, this year... You are at about, let's see, about almost 70 closes, it says. And so you've done a great job. You might be a little bit off there, but you've been doing a great job. So guys, 
Feel free to ask McCord any questions. Just say your name and where you're from and what questions you have. Hey, Jake, how's it going? How's it going? Is this, is, this isn't Meyer, is it? No, this, this is Curtis. Um, we talked on the phone a while ago. but Hey, Curtis, what's up, buddy? Yeah, I'll be out there two weeks. My question was, what's like the biggest, I mean, I've never knocked for solar, but what's the biggest objection you get like on a daily basis or what's, what are some ways that you address those or just what are some common objections, I guess? Yeah, so I mean, the biggest objection, I mean, really, 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 in, in all actuality, I mean, solar is a phenomenal product. There's really never a good reason why why not to do it? The only time, the only reason people don't get go don't get solar, assuming that you don't just botch, you know, the presentation and you don't do your job correctly. Really, the only reason that people won't go forward with it is because they they end up in a state of analysis paralysis. So what that means is that they either don't have enough trust in you or enough confidence in the product to be able to just make the decision right there on the spot. And what they hit you with is. This sounds awesome. I'm just going to think about it for a day or two, and then we'll sign up then. Um, and I, I hear that every time I don't close somebody's, that, that's the objection. I've, I've never, you know, there's, there's going to be other objections, but they're all easily overcome, right? Like being able to move, being able to transfer it, you know, different things like that. Those objections are all easy to overcome. The reason people don't do it is just because of what I said, where they just, they, they don't have enough confidence quite yet to pull the trigger on it so what you do in that situation is it's going to depend it's going to depend on the type of rapport that you've been able to build with the homeowner throughout the presentation um i've had homeowners where i get to the end of the presentation and i ask them how many panels do you want and they tell me you know well we like the we like we like to have we'd like to have 15 panels but just give us a day to think about it okay so I've had homeowners where I, I know I have really good rapport with them and I know that it makes sense for them. And what I'll say is, so it's a very, solar is a much bigger product. So you can't, you can't be pushy in the same way you can when you're selling like a $500 pest deal or something like that. So it's really about like trying to pull the customer towards you and not, and not, and not pushing them, you know, and not pushing them into it. So the way you do that is just by being very, very gentle, being very, very, empathetic towards the customer and just, you know, being firm, but very, very gentle. So, and you just, you just kind of probe the situation with different questions like, okay, well, I just want to understand. I mean, I'm looking at this. I think it makes a ton of sense for you guys. Honestly, it doesn't make a difference for me. I'm just the program coordinator here. It doesn't make a difference if you get it or not, but I'm, I'm looking at it and I think it does make sense for you. Let me just make sure I'm doing my job correctly. I know obviously you want to think about it, but you know, what, what is it necessarily that, you know, is just ah, not quite crystal clear for you guys to be able to just get the ball going right now, right? And if you have a good relationship with the person, then, you know, they'll open up with you and they'll tell you, well, I'm just concerned about getting a second bill at the end of the year, right? Okay, easy. Here's your monthly bill. This is what you guys used over the course of last year. I've given you 110% of that. It's not going to happen, right? You guys have more than enough electricity, okay? So you really don't need to worry about that. Um, you've got plenty of panels. If you want another one, I can put, we'll put one more on there for you, right? But it's, 
you have to have the right kind of rapport with the customer. If they don't, if you don't have that kind of strong trust where they, they're going to trust you to tell you what it really is or, you know, what they need to see or feel to, to move forward, then you're just going to, I mean, you're just going to have to say like, all right, well, I'll follow up with you in a day or two. But those, those almost never go through. Um, obviously keep the, keep the opportunity open, right? And handle it the right way and follow up the right way. But I, I, uh, I rarely have success, you know, two days later, just because they go back, right? Our whole life revolves around selling solar panels. They're thinking about it for 15 minutes while they're with us. And then they're going right back to the, the, the other problems in their own life. Right. So they're just not thinking about it. And it's not that they don't want to do it or it doesn't make sense. It's just that they're not going to give it, they're not going to give enough time to think about it. You know, if you're not there in their face, helping them think about it and process it right then and there, you kind of see what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. That was was a great question. Curtis is a brand new rep and he's going out to sell on the Chords team actually in about a month. So that's cool. Any other questions from McCord? Hey, McCord, are you ready to be a dad, dude? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty. Uh, I'm I'm pretty scared. I I'm not gonna lie, but it's uh, I'm I'm happy for it. Um, it's just it's it's pretty nerve wracking. <laughs> a lot of crazy influences in the world that I'm going to have to compete with for the, the, the you know, the better out of my child. But <laughs> that's the, the, the measure of, of our creation, right, is to, is to, to have kids and, um, you know, be, be parents. So I'm excited. Let's just get that, let's get that kid raised, dude, and get him in a brown uniform as quick as possible, bro. We need the, we need the help. Get her, right? Absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah, it's going to be a, going to be a baby girl. So that's awesome. McCord, I'm curious, this is kind of a follow-up question with Kaidens. Do you think that's going to impact your time or how are you going to do all that? Like, what's your plan there? Yeah, thankfully I'm, I'm very lucky. I have a, a wonderful wife who, who supports me and um, takes care of me and really helps me out, you know, with this job. So thankfully I have an awesome support system there. I definitely wouldn't be able to do it without, without my wife. Um, with her, I, uh, I I feel like we'll be okay. And I mean, obviously, we don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, knocking doors my whole life. So you know, all the more reason to stay super focused and you know do my absolute best and make the most of this opportunity right here while I can. Because obviously, in the future, I'm not going to be able to dedicate myself to work the way I do now because I'm going to have I'm going to have kids at home that need my attention. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. That's a great why. Any other questions from McCord about closing, setting? Also, McCord's a great setter. He pulls a bill less than every hour, every time he knocks. So if you have any questions about setting or closing, uh, maybe follow-up, sits, whatever you guys are struggling with right now, that's what I'll throw in there. Uh, another question for you, man. Um, so you focus a lot right now on getting your guys kind of in your responsibility to get them up to performing at levels that they you know, should be. Um, kind of helping them get better and improve. What have you found has been the number one, I guess, motivator or training tool, or how do you help your reps kind of bring it to the next level? 
so the best the best training tool i mean all the all the all the training tools are there i mean they're all laid out for you they're all good um you know all of the, the closing material it's, it's all there the presentation the you know brandon already wrote the playbook for us so it's just a matter of familiar familiarizing yourself with it what i've found is that i'm pretty hard on my guys and i'm, I'm cracking down on them now and i I, I can feel I can feel that you know I, I uh, they they want, they don't love me as much right now as their bank accounts will in a few months so it's for the better but really what what the reps need to see more than anything because really this job this job isn't complex right it's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of like there's not a lot of complexity to it right it's it's mostly just effort. Brandon has already created the playbook and it's been refined and it, it works, right? So really all that you need to contribute and put into it is effort. And really that's, that's what it is for the reps, right? The reps that you're managing, really everything's laid out. They just need to put in effort, okay? So how do you get them to put in effort? Because, you know, at the end of the day, this, this job's a grind, right? The way that I found I instill effort and energy and motivation into my reps is just being invested in them. So. I try to take as much time as I can and doing with my meetings and when I'm, when I'm knocking with them, like I try to give them as much as I can. And I try to, you know, train them as often as I can and knock with them as often as I can and go through the closing documents with them as often as I can. And I just try to give them as much of my time as I can. And what that does is that it, it lets them know that you're invested in them. And now the pressure, the pressure to perform is on them without you even saying, hey, yo, go practice the pitch, go study the documents, go study the, the slide deck, right? That pressure's already on them because, they're, because you've invested time with them and they know that and they feel that, that you're invested in them and they're not gonna wanna let you down. If you have that genuine love for them and you care deeply about them being successful and you show that to them and you put in the time with them to make them feel that, They'll go out and work on their own, right? Because they know you're invested in it. They won't want to let you down, right? But as far as like specific closing, as far as like specific closing materials or whatever, it's there's nothing special. Um, I mean, it's mostly effort. All the tools are all out there. There's there's not like one one specific video that you gotta see to you know take it to the next level. Obviously, the more you can fill your mind with with information about how solar works and how the different processes function and all the different people involved in solar that make it work for people. I mean, that's just, that makes your act sharper, right? So you always want to be doing that, but um, more than anything, as far as training guys goes, just let them know that you love them and you, you want them to be successful and you're going to hold them to their best self. Thanks, man. Great question, guys. We have time for one more question. Got about five minutes left. Anything else in closing? Or anything else, McCord, that you want to throw in there if they don't have anything that you just like wish you would have known from the beginning or kind of like your one liner of advice? I'll let you think about that for a minute while they're thinking of questions. But, McCord, I want to hear your one line of advice at the end of this. Okay. Great question. What? Um, so. <clears throat> Hey, my name's Jace. I'm over in Palmdale on Carson Law's team. And uh, I've heard a lot of good things about you, uh, Jacob. Or McCord is your name, right? Jacob McCord? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sorry. <laughs> we never met. Um, what I was going to say is I've heard that you're super consistent. Every week you're, you're, you're pulling, you're, you're uh, closing four to six deals. You're super consistent. 
with just like, you know, your results. And I was curious, like, what do you think is the biggest thing that helps you be that consistent? Like where you're not going from one deal a week or seven deals a week, you're, you're, you're just consistent that four or five mark every week. Yeah. Um, so that's, I really like that question. There's going to be two things. Um, the first one is, is you just got to understand, like I, like everyone's been on YouTube and we see those motivational videos with Eric Thomas hollering at you. And I mean, it, it gets you going a little bit, but I mean, the reality of it is that being an entrepreneur does not feel like that. It maybe feels like that 1% of the time. Okay. The other 95% of the time, it's just going to, it's just going to feel back straight up. Right. Elon Musk, probably the greatest entrepreneur of our time said that starting a business is like chewing glass and staring into the abyss. And that's, that's the way it is, right? So you need to understand that like, hey, this isn't supposed to feel good. <laughs> Being an entrepreneur isn't supposed to feel awesome and you know, liberating all the time. You have those moments, but 90, 90 to 95% of the time, like it's just a freaking grind. So you, that's, you have to understand that and you have to understand like, hey, it's gonna suck. I have to be able to work and do my thing even when it sucks, okay? If I'm not there one day, I'm not feeling motivated that day, like, tough, man. You got to get up, you know, get up, get out there and do your thing anyways, right? You can't just wait for those moments where you feel motivated and you feel good about working. That's, that's going to result in, you know, a very, a very spotty, you know, um, that's going to result in, in spotty paychecks, right? If you want a paycheck every single week, whether you feel good or you feel bad, no matter what's going on, every day you get up and you hit it, right? No matter how you're feeling. So that's the first thing. Um, and the second thing that I'm going to tell you is just the way, the way to do that exactly, right? How do you get up and go out and do your thing when you don't feel motivated and you feel tired and you just want to chill for the day? Because I get that too. Everyone gets that, right? So the way to overcome that is just having that routine, okay? Every morning you're up at the same time, you're doing the same thing, you know, figure it out what it is for you that just gets you into that right frame of mind. Every single day, it's just habit, right? Every single day I'm up, I do this, I do this, I eat this, I read this book, and then I'm on the doors at 10 o'clock and I work till nine, Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday if we're in the summertime, right? Once you can establish that routine, after about really after about 30 days or so of, of consistently hitting that routine every single day where you're not even thinking about it, right? It's just every day, this is what you do. I'm working out, boom, 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 boom. You're just executing, right? Once you have about 30 days of hitting that same routine every single day, like it gets easy. It gets easy because you're, you, you've programmed your brain to just execute without having to think. And then you're not getting that Oh man, I gotta go knock now. Oh, I have to drive out to this appointment. It's just no. Your your brain just does it because you've programmed your brain to be in that work mode, right? So it, it's hard getting into that. It's hard to form those new habits. But once you do, I mean, time time flies by. Like I can't believe we're already into quarter two. Myself and Josh Erickson over in my office. He was out here with me at the start of the year, and we just committed to that and dove into that. And, and we set up we set up that routine in January. And January was, like, it was brutal. Like, it felt like death because we had been cruising all of December, relaxing, chilling. So January, getting back into that high gear was hard. But, dude, honestly, after January, the last three months have, have flown by in the blink of an eye. And 
I'm not like, you know, it's rare when I have a moment where I don't feel like, or I don't feel good about working. Right? You see what I'm kind of saying? Like that, that routine's everything. Get into that. Don't take breaks. Delete all of the distractions out of your life, right? Consecrate yourself. Focus 100%, especially in the summer months. Like, let's take full advantage of this and let's, let's go all in. Remove all those other distractions that are weighing you down. Focus 100% and really just, I mean, cut yourself off from, you know, everything outside of this work bubble that we're in together, right? Like LeBron James, when he's in the finals, deletes all his social media, it doesn't, you know, I think he just reads books and he kind of just isolates himself from the outside world because of the, and that, you know, equate to, a, you know, an exceptionally high performance, but it's, it's the routine and it's, it's the focus and it's, it's removing those distractions. Doing all those things will make it way easier for you to just, you know, be a well-oiled machine and do your work and have a killer summer. Awesome. That was super helpful. Thank you. Yeah, good question. That was a great last question and a great answer from McCord. McCord, you should be a motivational speaker someday, maybe after this. Um, it's, been, it's been an awesome call. I want to thank thanks so much for your time, McCord, and everybody else for jumping on. We hit our hour mark, so we want to get you guys back out there on the doors working hard. Some notes I've taken is that if you self-diagnose your schedule, that's how you figure out a good schedule. It, the controls all in your hands. You need to read the homeowner and read the room. Help others. You'll do. You'll go farther. Some good notes I've taken. So McCord, thanks again for your time, dude. And we'll jump on again for another week next week. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jake. For once in a lifetime, you need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast.